Good morning. You doing all right this morning? Come on. Was it a good weather week? I like fell asleep on my shredder the other day. My bush hog. I sat down and was looking at my animals and I said, man, I could sure lay down. And I found a nice flat spot on the bush hog and I laid down and I was just about to fall asleep. And my wife came out and said, baby, <laughs> it was a good day. Amen. Well, welcome back to our series, Christmas Gifts. We've been talking the last couple of weeks about um, the gifts that came when Jesus came. Amen. First week, we talked about hope and how Jesus came and he brought us hope and he gave us this gift called hope. And that hope is for us. Right. Hope is for us. Last week, we talked about authentic peace and how peace is ours. It's ours. It's ours. Peace is ours. That'll never sound the same again. We have peace that's been given to us by God, and it's ours. Is that more Cajun? All right. I'm going to force it out. And so we talked about peace last week, and we talked about how we're entitled to have peace. We're expected to have peace. Jesus came to give us peace. And if there is no peace, you need to get you some peace. Right? And how it's peace is something you have to defend. It's something you have to guard, something you have to protect. You have to be very careful of. And here's the thing about all these gifts is that these are gifts just like you would get a Christmas gift or a birthday gift. It's a gift that's been given to you. So when it leaves one hand and passes into the other, who does it now belong to? Say me. Say me. It belongs to me. You give me a gift, it's mine. Don't come try to take my gift back. You might leave with a bloody nose for Christmas. Right? We don't like Indian givers. Amen? If you're Indian, don't get offended. So we talked about peace last week. And this week I want to talk to you about joy. And I was like, man, God, there's so much in the Bible about joy. How do I make a message out of this? How do I get I mean, where do I go? And this is what I felt like he said to me. He said, he said, well, you tell me about joy, Jamie. What do you know about joy? And so in my prayer time, I just begin to tell him what I knew about joy. And so that's what I want to do this morning. I just want to share with you a couple of truths about joy. And I think it's something that's going to be powerful for us today. Amen. Go with me to Luke chapter one, starting in verse 39. I want to show you. And even prove to you that Jesus brought joy to the earth. Luke chapter 1 verse 39. Let me, let me kind of set the story up. Uh, basically, Mary was told by the angel that she was going to have a baby. She said, oh, how can that be? I'm a virgin. He said, basically, the Holy Spirit or the, or the Lord is going to come upon you. And you're going you're gonna to be pregnant now. And you're going to give birth to a son and, and all these things. And so he kind of built the story up for her. And then finally, you know, after she finally stopped freaking out, ladies, right? You know, when, when the angel comes to you and says you're going to get pregnant. Once the initial shock, shock wears off, you kind of go, okay, now you listen. And then finally she says, okay, Lord, we'll just, whatever you say, let's do it. And so it happened. It happened that Mary became pregnant by God. Okay, so you got that whole point. So, so in the meantime, Mary has a cousin named Elizabeth. And Elizabeth almost had the same kind of a story. 
And Elizabeth, who was known for being barren, in other words, she couldn't have babies in her, up to her age. She, was just, she never could get pregnant, never could have a baby. And she was known as Barren Elizabeth, the girl, the lady who could not have babies. And then God comes into her life, and she gets pregnant. And so we pick the story up where Mary goes to visit her cousin, Elizabeth, who's pregnant. Okay? So let's, let's pick this up in verse 39. It says, a few days later, after Mary agreed with the angel that you just let the Lord do what he wants to do. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea. To the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 42, Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. So think about this. Okay, now this is a real story. This isn't like a, uh, uh, hypothetical. This isn't like a, 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 a parable, like an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. This is like a real life story. And so you got to put yourself in that place. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall and seen this happen. Right. So, so in my mind, I'm, I'm creating the whole scene again and I'm going, man, what was that like? So Mary comes strolling up. She walks in, she says, Hey, Elizabeth. And boom. Right. Now, if you listen to most pregnant moms, they'll tell you when they, when they get further on in their pregnancy, oh, he elbowed me, or oh, they kicked me, or oh, they're turning, or oh, they got the hiccups. Am I accurate in saying that? I mean, I, we did have three kids. My wife did carry them. I didn't. So I'm going off of her account, but you follow what I'm saying? So, so normally babies kick, move, wiggle, hiccups, right? Those kinds of things. Has anybody had a baby jump? No, like a jump, like a, y'all saw that? That was two inch vertical right there, like a jump. So let's just play the scene out for a second. Okay. Mary walks in. She says, Hey, Elizabeth, boom, the baby jumps instantly. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy spirit. Now, when's the last time you walked in the room and you said hi to somebody and they got filled with the Holy spirit? This is a big deal. So the baby leaps inside of her. And then she starts just telling Mary like, golly, what's your, man, blessed are you. I don't know what you came in here with. Have you ever run into somebody that's full of the spirit? It's like you hit a brick wall sometimes, right? And so she, she makes this statement. God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. When Jesus showed up on the scene in the earliest stage of his life, joy came. Joy was transferred with a simple greeting. Hi. You see this? 
in an instant, not even fully developed. The presence of Jesus in the, in, the, in the stomach of Mary walks into the presence of Elizabeth. And John the Baptist leaps in his mother's womb. And he leaped for joy. When Jesus touched the earth, he brought joy with him. Isn't that good? I mean, that's like most moms get together and they say, oh, girl, how's your baby doing? Oh, you got a nice bump. Girl, you're starting to show a little bit, but you don't look fat. Right? You're, you're holding your weight good and, and all that. I've, I've watched y'all. I can kind of, you know, act it out a little bit. And, but then they normally, the, normally the conversation goes towards what? Oh, girl, he's been moving and. He got the hiccups. I can't see. Put his foot on my bladder. Right? I mean, they walk in the room and it's like, boom! Joy took over. And you know what? When you met Jesus, the same transferred joy was given to you the day you laid your life down and gave it to Jesus. Something inside of you jumped. You know what I love about new believers? Like legitimate new believers that just have a a run in with Jesus and they surrender. You know what I love about them is they got joy in the fullest form, right? I mean, you just, they just like, they're glowing. They're walking with a little pep in the step, you know, and, and and something's just different, right? But you know what the reality is, is that after a little bit of time, they kind of lose it, right? And so I asked the question, why? Why do we lose our joy? How do you lose your joy? Why can't I just stay with joy? Why can't I have peace all the time? Why can't there always be hope inside of me? Why do I have to doubt? Why do I have to question? Why do I have to walk in fear? Come on, somebody. You ever ask those questions? Why do I drag my lip in boudet? Right? Why do I complain? And why am I negative? And why do these things? So let me give you some truths about joy. Number one, joy is here. Joy is not in Cozumel, Mexico. Joy is definitely not at Disneyland because you see parents walking in. The kids are full of joy, right? The parents are like figuring out how they're going to finance this thing, right? So they're going in and say, this better be worth it. And then after a couple of days in Disneyland, they're all coming out kind of like, that's not where joy is found. Joy is right here where you are right now. And wherever you go from here after church, that's where joy is. Joy is here. It's not somewhere you got to go try and find it. It's not somewhere you go. You don't have to go climb a mountain to try to discover it in the side of the mountain like a secret or or a treasure. Joy is here. It's already inside of you. 
Like when Jesus showed up on the scene and John the Baptist was transferred with joy and leaped in his mother's womb, so are you. So you have received the same type of joy. Come on, somebody. Now, the, the deal is, is that we get, we get distracted, right? We get wounded, right? It would be nice if you got joy and nobody ever said something stupid around you, right? I could believe for that. It's like all the stupid people disappeared. That was me. But it would be nice if you just had joy and you didn't have to protect it. You didn't have to defend it. And you didn't have to guard it. Right? So, so here's the deal. So you get distracted or somebody hurts you or something happens. And your joy goes. Right? Your joy leaves. So then what do you have to do to get your joy back? Pray. What else? Get in his presence again. Maybe get your gift back. Maybe tell the devil where to go. Come on. Maybe you need to stop hanging out with somebody who constantly steals your joy. (laughs) Sometimes you got to quit hanging out with dead people. Because they don't have joy. Their goal in life is to bring you down. They're jealous of your joy. They don't know how to get it. Joy is here. It's not there. It's not in something you buy. It's not at Lowe's. It's not at at Kohl's. Y'all see where I'm going. (laughs) I'm done right there. I'm not a rhymer. But it's not in any other place. I'll even confess this. It's not even found in a Ford. (laughs) Joy is here. All my Chevrolet buddies, y'all finally got one. So joy is here. John 3.16, one of your favorite verses says that for God so loved the world that he sent his only son. You see, when God sent Jesus to the earth, he sent him with hope, peace, and joy. And there's one thing about Jesus, he delivers. Amen? And so you have it. Say that with me. Say, I have joy. It's mine. It belongs to me. He knew we would need joy. The enemy doesn't want you to have joy. Come on. He wants you to be booah. Right? He wants you to drag your lip and be downcast. He wants to bring a crowd of people around you when you're having a hard day. Or something's breaking down in your life. So that they can see you booah. You know, let me tell you something. That happens. Right? It happens to all of us. We're not exempt. I have bad days. There's days that I lose my joy. And there's people that sometimes get to witness that. And I'm embarrassed by that. But you know the good news in all that? Is that they also get to see me get my joy back. And if I make a mistake, they get to see me go and make it right. Are you following me? So joy is here. Joy is inside of me. It's not somewhere else. You don't have to go look for it. Do you remember being a kid and like you hurt yourself? And you're crying and sobbing and you're just you're crying. You remember, you remember the sobbing thing? We're just crying. And then when you finally kind of dried up, and once in a while that little, 
They'll come back. You remember that thing? I hated that thing. Because it's like, you know, you wanted to be finished crying. And then this thing comes back and gets you like a couple minutes later. And you go, <laughs> I mean, show of hands. Please make me feel better. Okay, I wasn't the only kid that did that. But you know what was funny is that if you had good people around you, when you hurt yourself, they would come to you. And what they would try to do, they try to make you laugh or try to make you forget about your pain, right? And so then you get caught in this kind of crying, laughing type of thing. You ever experience that? I love people like that. Joy is here. Number two, joy is in relationships. It's in relationships. The Bible proves it over and over and over again that we were made to have relationships with other people. Uh, First of all, we were made to have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus died on the cross, and the Bible says because he died on the cross for our sins, it gave us a right standing before God. In other words, so we could actually stand before God. Now, us and God are okay. You with me? So because of what Jesus did, we now have a relationship with God. And then that's when you read stuff like you can go into the throne room boldly because you're now a child of God and all those kinds of things, right? But so his plan was is that we would have a relationship with God, have a relationship with Jesus, and have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? Now that's where joy is found. Joy is found in your relationship with Jesus. Or like somebody said a little while ago, in the presence of Jesus. How do you get your joy back? You get back into the presence, right? Come on, you getting something? You get back into the presence, you stir it up again, you let him speak truth over your life, and you let him cancel out the lie that's been spoken or the lie that you believe in, and then you receive your joy back. It also works with godly people. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another, right? The Bible says that you need to carry your brother's burdens. You need to encourage one another. The Bible even says you need to spur each other along. That's a sharp pointed object placed into the <laughs> Someone, somebody needs a spur this morning. But joy is found in relationships. It's not found in things or places. And it's definitely not found in money, right? Those things always come up short. First Peter 1 8 says, watch this verse, it's a very interesting verse. Peter's talking to believers. He says, You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. You know, joy is one of the evidences that that you've received Jesus Christ. Right? So one of the reasons the enemy wants to take it from you is so that you'll forget that you have Jesus Christ. Joy is found in relationships. In the book of Acts chapter 2, it talks about how they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the will of all the people. Each day the Lord was adding to their fellowship those who were being saved. Isn't it interesting that they were just doing life together? They just had this community going on, and they, they enjoyed each other. Come on, somebody. God put you in this church to get around some other folks in this church. Amen. If you feel isolated, it's your own fault. Right? There's people in this church you're going to spend the rest of your earthly life with. 
and hopefully your eternal life with. Amen? So you need to get together. You need to break some bread. You need to talk about what Jesus has been doing, and you need to get to enjoy one another. Right? It's kind of hard to have joy when you're all by yourself. Ain't nothing like a party where other people show up. You ever had a party by yourself? Don't raise your hand. So joy is here. It's not anywhere else. Joy is is in our relationships. And so the thing that God showed me was that joy is a gift. Number three, it's a gift. It's been given to you. I never forget a story, and it's funny, Anna's sitting here, but I'll, I'll embarrass her a little bit. A couple Christmases ago, we bought our brand new iPod for Christmas. And I don't know what an iPod costs, $200? So, some, something like that. So we go to Cheryl's brother's house for Christmas, and she's playing in the, toy, in the, in the kids' room, and there's toys everywhere, and it's time to leave, and Anna can't find her iPod. Her brand spanking new $200 iPod. So you know how it starts, right? I can't find my iPod. Well, did you look? You send them back in the room. They go look. I still can't find it. You send them back in and you didn't look hard enough. I still can't find it. And everything starts escalating, right? So then Cheryl gets up and she goes look for it. And she can't find it. And I'm like, look, we going home or not? We've got to find an iPod. And so before too long, we're interrogating kids. Did you, and you, mean you kind of pull them, what their mom and daddy can't see? Did you do something with that iPod? Come on, don't act all religious this morning. You know how you are. You start interrogating kids, right? Then I'm, I'm tempted to start interrogating adults. I'm like, hey, bro, who took my girls? And so the whole thing's escalating, right? And so we didn't find it. Could not find it. Tore the house up. Couldn't find it. Went home. She's crying. Part of me is wanting to go, well, if you just take care of your stuff. But the other part's going, oh, I'm a shy baby. Right? And I, how long was it? Two weeks. She, I don't know if she got over it. I got over it. Two weeks later, our sister-in-law finds it in a little firehouse that has a roof that opens up and it was sitting inside in the toy thing. And to Anna's surprise, we found her iPod. Now here's the the point of the story. Whose iPod was it? It was Anna's, right? We gave her the iPod. It's now her responsibility to take care of the iPod, to keep track of it. To not leave it somewhere, to not let it go, to not let somebody steal it if you can help it, right? Now, while it was missing, whose iPod was it? It was still Anna's. Why? Because we gave it to Anna. So if somebody would have taken it, if one of those little kids would have actually stole it, stole, stole it, You know, every once in a while, Franklin just comes out. I'm sorry. It just, I can't help it. If somebody would have stole it, they could be using it. But whose iPod is it? It's Anna's. 
So Jesus came to this earth to give you a gift of joy. And if somebody steals it, whose joy is it? It's still yours. If you lose it, whose joy is it? It's still yours. So that means it belongs to you, right? That means you have the right to it, right? You ever find somebody that stole your bicycle as a kid? I found out one time a guy broke into my truck as a teenager. I went to his house, knocked on the door. His daddy answered the door. I said, where's your son? He said, why? I said, because I'm about to beat him up. He said, well, why? I said, because he broke into my truck. He took my, he took my radio. Well, how you know? I said, because somebody told me. I was going to get my stuff back. Why? Because my radio was in his house. You see? Just because somebody else got it or you lose it doesn't mean it's still not yours. And you have the right to get it back. You have the right to get joy back. If you get nothing else from this message today, get this. Joy belongs to you. It's your name on it, not nobody else's name. It's your joy given to you by your God for you to enjoy, for you to have, and for you to overflow into other people's lives. Get it back. Get it back. And then when you get it back, guard it. Take care of it. Somebody tries to steal your joy, punch them in the nose. If they say something, say, my pastor told me to do that. Just don't give them my number. But I'm serious. Defend it. Come on. The enemy wants to take all the good things that God's given you, and he wants to steal them. That's his job is to kill, steal, and destroy. Don't let him do it no more. There comes a point in everybody's life where you got to stand up. Right? And you got to stand for what is right and you got to stand for what is yours. Are you going to stand for it? I'm like, man, God gave me this gift called joy and it's mine. It belongs to me and I need to hang on to it. I need to enjoy it. I need to wear the battery out on it. Come on, somebody. I need to wear the paint off of it. Right? If it's a bite, wear the tires off of it. It's been given to you. It belongs to you. It's a gift from him to you because you need it. You need joy. Why do you need joy? Because you got an enemy that wants to bring a dark cloud over your life every chance he gets. Man, he wants to bring the rain and the clouds in your life when God wants to bring the sunshine. You need joy because sometimes in life you're going to go through things that hurt. The Bible says that you may cry all night, but joy comes in the morning. Just because you've been given the gift of joy doesn't mean that something's not going to go wrong. Amen. It's just that when it goes wrong, you've got hope and peace that joy is coming back in the morning. Come on, all of us have walked through something dark. Right? Isn't it good when you come out of that and you see the sun shining and you know that your joy is coming back? The Bible says you may have grief, but joy is coming. It's a gift. It's something valuable. Galatians 5.22 says this. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives 
So joy is like a fruit. It's a gift, something given to you. It's, it's great when you go plant a tree and it produces fruit. It's like a present. It's like a gift, right? Especially if the fruit is good, right? So the Holy Spirit inside of your life now, now that you've given your life to Jesus and you're filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's here with us, he now produces something in your life called joy. The, the fruit of the spirit or the spirit produces this kind of fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. My favorite part of that whole verse is the next sentence. There is no law against it. Now, as soon as you get in your car to leave today, you're going to get on this road right here. There's a speed limit on that road. If you get on 190, you can go a little bit faster, but you're still regulated by law. Right, you get to Highway 13, there's not too many cops these days. You can go a little bit faster, but you're still regulated by a law. Right? The Bible says that the Spirit produces all these fruits in your life, and there's no law against them. You know, it's funny as you plant a, a satsuma tree, and that tree can only produce so much fruit. Right? There's laws. There's natural laws that keep it from producing any more fruit than the branches can handle. But in the fruits of the spirit, there is no law. It's like a buffet with no regulations. It's like somebody gives you the bluebell plant and they keep producing it. There's no law. You can have as much as you want, right? Come on, somebody. You can have all the joy you want. There's nothing. God is not regulating your joy. That just didn't seem like that was your favorite part of the verse. I mean, don't you, don't you love no laws? Come on, before you were saved, you broke every law you could. Some of you still do. Some of us still do. There's no law against it. You can have as much joy as you want. You know what? Sometimes you got to stir it up. You just got to stir it up. You, you may need to do something goofy. Now, I tend to do that at my house. I try not to be goofy in public. But there's days that, honestly, I go through things, relational issues, friends going through hard times, just fighting about stuff, and it wears on me. You don't sleep at night. The devil's in your ear. Oh, you know he thinks this. And you know why he said that. And you know why this is going this way. Oh, he never liked you from the get-go. He's not your real friend. He's jealous. All these other things going on in your head. You know, some, you know how you stop that? First you say stop. Right? And then you need to get you a little bit of joy. And you need to get past that. Because it's a lie. So sometimes at my house, I'll come in and I got all this jump the storm going on in my head and I walk around and, and I try not to show it but it shows my wife reads me like a book I can walk in she goes uh oh tornado and I come in and it's just you just you know when you get enough I turn the tv off I turn the music on and I dance I grab my little girls and we dance in the kitchen like it's like funny. I mean, like, and I got rhythm. 
Okay, but we like throw down. Am I right? See, I thought they liked it. Well, it's doing me some good. And sometimes we just dance. And sometimes we just hang on to one another. And sometimes we just love on one another. And you know what? Sometimes you just got to put the drama and the junk to the side. And you got to say, I'm not dealing with that today. That's a lie from the enemy. When I see my friend, we're going to work this thing out like two mature Christians should work it out. And we just, I'm going to stay here with my joy. I'm going to protect my joy. I'm going to enjoy my joy. Right? I'm not going to let this storm affect my relationship with my beautiful little girls and my son and my wife. Right? I'll grab my son. We dance too. It's quite the sight. Hopefully it never gets videoed. Number four, joy is attractive. Isn't it? Isn't joy attractive? I mean, is there anybody here infatuated with the Grinch? Anybody just love the Grinch? I hope not. Joy is attractive. Listen, I want to be around people that got some life in them. Right? I want to be around somebody positive. I run from negative people, literally. You see them at Walmart, you kind of hit the next aisle, you're like, oh. Right? You ain't got no business on that side of the store. You might end up in the women's department. I'm like, <laughs> look up, I'm in the bra section. Whoa! <laughs> joy is attractive. I want to be around somebody that has some joy on them. Amen? There's friends that I have that they just got joy. And I love them. I've heard this old saying, you may have heard it too, you can attract more flies with honey than with vinegar. You can attract more people with joy. Go with me to Psalms chapter 30. I'm going to start trying to bring this to a close. Psalms 30. I want to read to you for a little while. This is a Psalm of David. This is David. And I love, I love reading the Psalms because you kind of, David just gives it to God how it feels. Right? Right? I mean, it's not religious. He just, Lord, you hurt me. Lord, you turned your back on me. Lord, you abandoned me. And then in the next verse, but Lord, I love you. So verse one, he says, I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. Oh, Lord, my God, I tried. I cried to you for help and you restored my health. You brought me up from the grave, oh, Lord. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Come on, somebody. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. When I was prosperous, I said, nothing can stop me now. Your favor, O Lord, made me as secure as a mountain. Then you turned away from me, and I was shattered. I cried out to you, O Lord. I begged the Lord for mercy, saying, what will you gain if I die? If I sink into the grave, can my dust praise you? Can it tell of your faithfulness? Hear me, Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me, O Lord. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. 
Joy is attractive. Joy is for you. You don't have to go buy it. You don't have to steal it. You don't even have to borrow it. It's yours. And it's attractive. In the book of Acts, the verse we read earlier, the Lord was adding to the church daily those who were enjoying one another's fellowship. They had joy. You're the church. You're the body of Christ. You're God's representation on this planet. People need to be attracted to you. I don't want you to fake it because they know the difference. They read it like a book. I want you to have real joy. And I want you to have that kind of joy that attracts people. Because you know why there's lost people in the world around you. There's hurting people in the world around you. There's beat up people everywhere you're going to go today and tomorrow. There's beat up people. There's condemned people. There's broken people. There's people with no hope. People that have been taken advantage of. People that are addicted to things that they can't get away from. People that have blown it so hard, they don't even think they could ever get up. Or get up. But God is putting you in their life to give them hope. To show them that they can have peace. And to show them God's joy. And to give them something that attracts them to God. God is your attractant. You are God's attractant to the world. Do you see this? You are his attractant to the world. He's using you to draw people to himself. Number five, joy needs to be regifted. It needs to be regifted. You should leave a place and know that you've made a deposit. You can walk. I went to a beauty salon first time this week in years. Yeah, I did. They all looked at me funny. And I went to that beauty salon and I was with my pastor. And when we walked in, the atmosphere was a certain way. And when we walked out, it was different. You know, that's how it's supposed to be. Just like when Jesus, inside of his mother's womb, walked up to Elizabeth and John the Baptist was different. John the Baptist had a reaction. Come on, somebody. Something changed. Something reacted like a chemical explosion. Something happened when Jesus, when John the Baptist was in the presence of Jesus. So it should be that when you walk into an environment that you're responsible for, your world that God's given you, something should happen. There should be a reaction to you being there. Amen? Joy is for you. It's been given to you. Enjoy it. Don't fake it. Enjoy it. Know that it's yours and walk in it. Open that gift today. I beg you, open the gift and use it. Can you stand up with me this morning? Regift it. Give it back to somebody else.
You ever go somewheres and have an experience and it was kind of like an okay experience and then you learn after you're done with the experience that if you would have done something a little bit different, you would have had a much better time, right? Or it's kind of like maybe using somebody's iPod to listen to a song with some headphones and it's halfway plugged in and you don't get the fullness of the song and then you accidentally plug it in, it's right? I don't want to go through life knowing that I've been given these gifts from Jesus and then knowing that I never used them. You know what I'm saying? And I want the same thing for you this morning. I get mad when I see the enemy steal somebody's joy. I get mad when he comes in and he brings division. And he takes away peace. I get mad when I see people with no hope. Because I know what I've been given. And I know how it changed my life. And I just want the same for everybody else, right? One of the cool things about the shepherds when they were told to, that Jesus was coming, the Bible says that they went and they saw him. And then it says this, that they turned around and they told everybody about Jesus. Everybody that they came in, in path with, came into, came into relation, ran into, they told them about Jesus. Why? Because they were full of joy. Because they had met the Savior of the world. Their eternal life was forever changed. Their earthly life was forever changed. Amen? Joy is yours. Enjoy it. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for these precious gifts that you give us. I thank you for joy, Lord. I thank you that sometimes it's even inexpressible. Lord, I want to be a part of a church that's full of joy. A church where we love one another and we enjoy each other's fellowship. I want to be connected to people, Father, that when we walk into the rooms, it lifts everybody's spirit, Lord. I want to hear stories after Christmas of people who have gone to their Christmas, family Christmas parties and they walked in and they changed the environment and they saw things happen. Thank you for joy, Lord. Thank you for joy. Thank you, it's mine. Thank you, Lord. I bless you, Father. I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and you've lost your joy or your joy has been stolen, get it back. Amen? Just get it back. How do I do that, Pastor? Get in the presence of God. Say, Lord, I need to be with you right now. I need my joy back. And just get it back. Amen? Amen?